0: This is Bridging the Gap with Love, Episode 18, Jessica's Story, Part 1. I'm Heidi Brower, a birth mom. And I'm Jessica Johns, an adoptive mom. And this is a podcast about our own stories and experiences with adoption, while hoping to provide education and support for birth moms, potential birth moms, and anyone with a connection to adoption. All right. Hello, listeners. We are so excited today to have Jessica, not Jessica Johns, but the other Jessica, uh, Jessica, who is Bradley's birth mom. We have been waiting for this one for a long time, and we're so excited that you are on. So thanks so much for being here with us, Jessica. We, We also have Jessica Johns with us. So all three of us are together on Zoom. Jessica is in Utah, Jessica Johns is with me, not with me, but we're all together in St. Louis and then Jessica's in Utah. So, Jessica, welcome. We're so excited to have you today.
1: Thank you very much.
0: We just have some questions and uh, we would just love, I'm just excited to hear your story. Jessica, I see this is going to be hard. Yeah. (laughs) Jessica and Jessica, Jessica Johns, I might have a question for you towards the end, but I'm going to ask these questions to uh, Jessica Thompson and we'll just see where this goes. I'm excited to hear from you. So tell us first, how did you feel when you first found out that you were pregnant with Bradley?
1: Um, yeah. So when I first found out I was pregnant with Bradley, I, this is probably a little different, but I was actually really excited. Um, I see I'm already crying. (laughs) Um, I remember the exact date. It was March 18th, 2018. And I, 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 so I had just, my son passed away a few months before that. So I was really excited. I was pregnant again with another baby. Um, I felt like I was searching for something I was missing. I was not in a good mental space at all. I was I was really struggling. I was in a really dark time, but all I could think about was, oh my gosh, I'm pregnant again. There's another baby in me and I get a restart and I get to retry again. But it was just the beginning of a, a really hard, a really hard time for me.
0: I'm sorry to hear about the passing of your son.
1: Yeah. Um, thank you. That was really hard. I he passed away on October 22nd, 2017. And then, uh, I am a recovering addict and I relapsed after that. And I, um, was in a very dark suicidal place and I could, I, I, I don't, I don't know what I'm allowed to say, what I'm not allowed to say, but I, um, I tried to overdosed myself on purpose and it worked. And I ended up in the hospital and on on December 3rd, 2017. So that was just a couple months before I found out I was pregnant with Bradley. Um, and so I, when I over overdosed, I got taken straight from the hospital to a detox center and a rehab. And it kind of went from there. I got served papers in the rehab center of about my parents trying to get custody of my son and I had no other option. So I had to sign him away. So I was super lost. I lost my, my, my baby for I lost my oldest Maddox. And then I was in rehab and sober living and I got pregnant with another baby. And so I was really excited. Yeah. So.
0: Yeah. And, and just so you know, you can say anything. You're okay. allowed just, Cause it's your story. Okay. I didn't know
1: I didn't know like what words I was allowed to say. So I, yeah, I tried to commit suicide. And I didn't know if I was allowed to say that. So I was in a very dark suicidal place back then. Yeah. And I felt like being pregnant with Bradley was like the only light at the end of the tunnel I could see because I had everything else taken away from me. I wasn't even allowed to have contact with Maddox. I had a no contact order. So I couldn't talk to him. I couldn't speak to him. I couldn't see him. None of that. And so... I feel like I may have subconsciously purposely been okay with it if it happened mm-hmm. so that I had something more, something I I had, I, I had something, cause I had nothing, I was living in sober living by myself and I didn't have, I mean, my family was supportive, but from a distance taking care of my son and so, yeah. Yeah.
0: That had to have been really hard.
1: It it was hard. It was, it was my, it was actually my, I don't know, my fifth stay in rehab. I, I've been an addict since I was a teenager in high school, relapsing on and off, on and off, going to rehab over and over again. And so, um, it, it did end up being my last rehab stay ever though. So that was, that's a good thing. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I was still super deep in active addiction. Um, maybe not physically, but mentally when I got pregnant with Bradley.
0: With all of that going on, how, how did you come to the decision to place Bradley for adoption?
1: Yeah, so like I said, I was living in sober living. Um I had relapsed when I was pregnant. I had left sober living and got kicked out, and I was pregnant. I have, I was using again, unfortunately I was homeless. I know where to go. I didn't have family to go to. I didn't have anybody to go to. Um, I was, I literally ran. I don't, I, I, I was homeless. I know where to go and I was using and I was continued to use. And then the, my mom had picked me up one night cause I called her crying. And I was like, I really, really need somewhere to stay. I can't, I can't stay on the streets pregnant anymore. And I have to get clean. And um, my mom picked me up and she didn't say a single word to me. I literally had nothing. I had no clothes. I didn't even have shoes on and I didn't have my purse. I had, I left all my makeup in the hotel. I left everything. We had gotten a hotel room that night and I me and my friends and I left everything. I didn't have my shoes, makeup, nothing. And I ran down the street. My mom picked me up and she took me to the Relief Society president's house. And um, I was, I stayed in that their room for a little bit. And I, I was still trying to plan my my suicide. I wanted to die. I was so broken. I just wanted to die. And I was like, coming up with all these plans and ideas and I just I remember sorry one day I got on my knees and I was just like I I'm not very I I grew up in the church but I'm not super religious and I just got there and I was like hey what do you what do you want me to do I want to die but I I don't know what to do. I had my reasons why I didn't fully go through with it, but then I just wanted to so bad. And I went to bed and I woke up the next morning. I felt a little bit refreshed. And, um, and then I got a text. People were like, Honestly, people were kind of being like, Hey, Jessica, you're pregnant. You need to give up your baby. You need to figure it out. You need to place your baby for adoption. You need to get an abortion. You need to do something. You you can't keep this baby. You can't do this. And to be honest, I was like, Oh, yes, I can. I can do this, you know, I can do this. Watch me, I can do this. And I I the days kind of went on a little bit longer. And someone had told me that if I don't give my baby up for adoption, then I'm going to not be able to live a happy life. My kids will live in poverty their whole life and I just won't get married and it'll be an awful life. And I was still like, no, it'll be fine. I'll keep my baby. And then one day out of the blue, the bishop he had texted me Jessica John's number. He was like, hey, here's a number if you want it. It took like a week for me to text her. And I was like, I was still wasn't sure, but I was like, hey, do you want, hey, my name's Jessica Rich, um, Bishop, give me your number, and I was wondering if you wanted to meet up sometime, and she's like, hey, yeah, of course, and so that's kind of where it, it started. Um, I, I didn't quite know I was going to place him for adoption yet. I wasn't quite ready yet, but then I think you were in Utah, and then a week later, you came home or something, and you knocked on the the door. I was still living at the Relief Society President's house in one of her rooms, and as soon as she opened the door, I just, I didn't even have to say hi. I just knew that she was the one that was supposed to be Mo- be Bradley's mom, so I, I I didn't make the choice. The choice was just what it was supposed to be.
0: I love I love that so much because I feel like I, I get that like I get that feeling you can't deny it yeah so it's, that's beautiful
1: yeah it's like an overwhelming feeling and you kind of fight it you're like no I don't I'm not gonna place the baby but it's like inside you're like yes you are you are this is your your son's mom yeah so she's right right there for you That's beautiful. Um, So you kind of answered this,
0: but I'm wondering if, did you get to meet Jessica and Jared at the same time? And then did you know, meaning, did you have a meeting later with Jessica and Jared? And, you know, how, besides that one moment, were you able to know that that they were the ones that you wanted to adopt Bradley?
1: Yeah, sorry, I did kind of answer that. Um, No, that's okay. I don't remember. I don't remember if we had a meeting with Jared. I think Jared was always just the most supportive guy ever. And he was just kind of standing in the background, like willing to help and love and be there for you and whatever, whatever happens happens. And he would just, he would just want like super supportive and caring and just kind of letting, letting it happen. Um, me and Jessica went to where did we go what is Cafe Rio right we went to Cafe Rio and she had this cute little book about um, her family and um, it was they I don't remember having a specific moment meeting with both of them I I think we just kind of like I said knew the whole time
0: I love that. And, and I know Jared, and that makes complete sense to me that that's what he was doing. So (laughs) he's a good guy.
1: He is. And he was always willing to do whatever if, if he wanted, if he needed to, I don't know, come, we had a super fun, my family was, my family ended up, as soon as I made the decision, this is kind of hard, but as soon as I made the decision, my family ended up being very, very supportive. And, um, it was about, July that I was able to see Maddox again. And um, it's, we slowly started seeing like once a month and stuff like that. And eventually we ended up having a party, like a week, what it, uh, I can't remember exactly what we called it, but it was like, it was this whole theme. Her family flew down and my family flew down or my family. Yeah. My family flew down from Utah. Her family flew down and it was just this big party for all of us to get to know each other and all of us to celebrate Bradley and the adoption. And I think that was, I, I can't, ugh, I'm sorry, I can't remember. I think that was kind of the first time I sat, I don't know. I was around Jared. I don't know, Jessica, do you remember?
2: Yeah, Um. so much of it really was you and I in the yeah. car, driving to appointments, meeting up for Cafe Rio or um, Bahama Bucks.
3: Yeah,
1: (laughs) it was like, that was the cutest thing ever.
2: I know. But there was a period of time where Jessica lived with us for a couple of weeks or a week and a half or something like that. And so that was kind of a special time where Jessica got to know Jared and our kids a little bit better, um, our girls. And, um, but yeah, it was a really interesting, unique time for like the two of us to just kind of navigate the relationship on our own.
1: I cannot believe I forgot about staying with you guys. I am so sorry. I think I'm so distracted with everything else. I totally forgot. Don't that be sorry. The, yeah, that yeah. was, that was a big part of our, I think that was a big part of our story too. Staying with you guys for that week. Yeah, That yes. was kind of the, the ceiling point, I think of everything. And that was just a couple of weeks after we met.
2: It was, it was, it was pretty new and fresh and, um, I don't think you were doing very well during that time while you were at our house. And so it was hard to watch you struggle and I don't know, and also be trying to get to know you at the same time. But um, yeah, it was quite the journey, like going from that point early on. And then eventually, like you talked about, like in October, the month before Bradley was born, having this like celebration between all of our families and coming together to celebrate Bradley. So, and you.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I wasn't. Do- I was very mentally struggling then. I was clean. I I got clean as soon as I left and went to the Life society of president's house. But um, I was very still. Even though I I was just very still physically or mentally struggling with everything.
0: For sure, I love that you guys had that time together, though. That's pretty special. What has open adoption looked like for you and how do you feel about it?
1: Yeah, I have this written down because I didn't want to forget what I said. Um, cause I had a really good thought about it. Um, if I'm being completely, if I want to be, if I'm going to be completely wrong, and honest here, um, it's been a really messy process of healing, um, a lot of emotions and a lot of ups and downs. And I mean, I'm still only three years into it, you know, so I, it, it's, it's been, it's been a journey there. Yeah. There's some days when I'm like, I, this is really hard. And I think I need to close this adoption because I can't do this anymore. But then there's other days where I'm like, this is so amazing. And I probably sound bipolar right now, but there's just so many ups and downs to an open adoption, but the good a hundred percent outweighs the bad. And once you get past those, oh my word, I have to close this. I can't do this anymore. You are so glad you didn't close it. I'm so glad that you stayed in contact and so glad that you did it you didn't say something out of emotions that I can't talk to you guys anymore. I don't want to do this anymore. i you get, I am always so glad that I didn't go with those impulse feelings of wanting to not be a part of it anymore. Um, I think a lot of it is a lot of guilt and shame for my life choices and where I am. And I think that that is, you have to get rid of that guilt and shame, or it's just going to continue to spiral down. I have a lot of, a lot of guilt and shame for what I did. And I feel sometimes that I feel sometimes that I have to be perfect, but I know Jessica doesn't feel that way, but my inside say, or my brain and my heart and my gut says that you have to be perfect or you're not going to get a relationship with him anymore or the relationship with jessica or the girls or jared or anything and if i make like one little mistake then i can't have that relationship anymore and so it's a lot of talk in your head trying to trying to fight back and forth um but that it's it's all it's all good you know because in the end it really is it's adoption is amazing and um on a brighter note what, what adoptionists look like for me is open adoptions look like for me. It's also been so cool because, okay, this is completely this same subject, but a completely different, different thought process. But I, I think open adoption is so cool because so I can text Jessica about something like medically, like with, Hey, does, Bradley get this did this ever happen to Bradley and then look at it from with my kids and like um, Damon had really bad eczema for a little bit and I know I remember Jessica asking in the past if any of my kids had eczema and I'm like no I don't think so but then I had another baby who does have eczema so I can text her and be like hey what do you use for this what do you use for this or she could text me and ask me medical advice or not medical advice but like medical like you know what I'm- what I mean like medical like not yeah. even medical but like questions about family history. I don't know. But I think that's really cool. And that is I think that's something cool about open adoption. And um not only that, but like even our older kids, they're not blood related at all. But like we can me and Jessica have a relationship where I can be like, hey I need your help. What do you what do you do about this is mom and And it's just really cool that we have that relationship where we can help through parenting. I mean, she's probably more of a pro at parenting than I am, but it's really nice. I can text her and she can be there for me like that. So I'm super grateful. I am very grateful for that. I don't really have, other than my sister, I don't really have anybody I could go to about that stuff. So It's like
0: co-parenting at its finest of just getting to be there for each other and You know, helping each other through those things. It's awesome. I love that. And I think that, you know, when you say that you're bipolar because you have these emotions of like that swing way to one side and then way to the other, that's not bipolar. That's just emotion of the realness of this decision that you made. It's like you said, you're only three years into it. It's so raw and real right now and i think allowing yourself to feel all of those emotions is so important because they're it's just what you're feeling so don't ever feel bad for that they're all valid
1: awesome thank you yeah of it is it's a huge roller coaster of emotion it is and like it, I, d- I don't know about you but me i beat myself up so much about i feel things so strong and it drives me crazy so that's okay Yeah. Um, I I was just thinking,
0: this is a little bit off, kind of off topic, but kind of not, but just like where you are, you know, with Bradley being three, and I just keep thinking about like where I was when Alex was three and just like the emotions were still very raw about everything. And I know I'm 20 years into it, but you know, there are still some times when I'm just like, I mourn not raising her. And I mourn everything that I missed out on. And it's, sometimes it's still really hard. And then there's other times that it's like, that was the best thing that I did for her. So just know that, you know, three years, three years in is not a lot of time. So it's, it's okay. What you're feeling is totally okay. So, okay. um, We'll go to the next question. What do you want Bradley to know about your decision to place? And what would you want him to know about how you feel about him?
1: Mm -hmm. Sorry, yeah. This one, I'm gonna cry. These it's next okay. few questions, I'm gonna ball. Okay. Um. I, no, I, I. The one word that pops into my head when I I want Bradley to know about my decision to place is um. Is I just want to. Thank you. Is that's the one word that pops in my head. Um, he, he, he really. I mean, I'm gonna say I'm gonna say this. Um, about all of you guys, Jessica, Jared, your girls, you, but you guys, truly saved my life. And Bradley saved, Bradley saved my life. I got clean after Bradley. Um, he was the moment where, um. I realized I got to figure this out. Um, I did have a relapse a couple months later, but, or a year later, but I just, I'm so, I, I can't think of any words other than grateful and thank you. Um, I think there, I, I think this question is really hard for me because it's really hard for me to get the words out because this can't be easy for adoptees either um I can't even imagine what these kids and him go through and I just am so thankful and thank you that he will he is I don't know I I can't even get the words out I just the thank you is the only word I want to say I I love him so much I don't know I'm sorry that's okay I, this one's a hard one. This one is, I think was the hardest one for me when I was looking through them. Um, um, not because I don't have anything to say, like I said, just because I have so much to say and I, I don't know how to even get it out. Cause I don't know. I've had my adoption is a very spiritual experience for me. And it, it is very, I've had a lot of spiritual experiences with it, and um I don't know, I'm sorry, maybe we come back to this one. I don't know <laughs> I'm no, sorry okay. i it's, it's okay, I promise it's not, so I don't know what to say it's, I just there's so much to say. I am just super grateful for him. It's,
0: sometimes it's hard to articulate how much somebody that important means to us, yeah, so it's okay, okay, what do you want Jessica and Jared to know about how you feel about them?
1: Yeah. The same thing I was kind of saying about Bradley, but in a different way is I, I know everyone, I know a lot of times the, uh, the, um, the spotlight is kind of on the birth mom and, or the, uh, just being grateful for the birth mom. And she's so strong and she's so amazing and stuff like that. But I don't feel that way. I truly feel that Jessica and Jared say my life and not only my life but my my kids life my everything I honestly probably wouldn't be here and I'm not expect if they weren't so loving and open arms in there and there for me thank you for sharing that
0: Jess can I come to you how do you feel about Jessica
3: Jessica is the one that told me this, I can't remember, it was a few months ago, but she said, like, I don't think soulmates are just like our husbands or like our spouses. She said, I think you're my soulmate. And Jessica's one of those people that I know that I knew before this life. And I don't know what kind of conversations we had or what arrangements we made, but we needed each other. And it's been the most beautiful relationship for me to realize just the interconnectedness especially of women who who have different things to offer each other and Jessica did something for me that I couldn't do for myself that I couldn't do for our family I had a dream I had a desire to have a little boy and I had no way of making that happen And so when Jessica reached out to me and shortly after told me that she was pregnant with a little boy, (laughs) I just knew that, um, that she was placed in my life for a really specific reason and that heavenly father like loved me and knew me. And as I got to know Jessica, I realized how much heavenly father knew and loved Jessica and, we were just there for each other during a time of each of our lives where we relied on each other, not only to bring Bradley into this world, but, um, I mean, Jessica was my best friend there in California. Like, I love her. I miss her terribly. Um, we had so many like, really sacred, tender experiences in my van, (laughs) just driving in Redlands, and um, talking and sharing our stories, and um, Jessica's always been, like, really spiritually sensitive, and I was just always so impressed with how she clung to light and hope and faith Even in some really, really dark times. So, um, Jessica, like you are the strongest woman that I know. And she was just so committed to this decision to place Bradley in our family. She just really never wavered. And if she did, she didn't show me. And she just allowed me to be a part of her pregnancy, which was such a gift, um, to be able to, like, have a little glimpse into what that would be like to carry a baby and to see that baby on an ultrasound, and I remember when we both got to, like, hear his heartbeat and see his little face on the ultrasound, and then get to share that experience when Jessica, um, Delivered him and she allowed me to be there along with her mom and her two sisters. I got to be there in that room. And I am just so grateful for the grace that Jessica gave to me. To allow me to be a part. Of not only like Bradley's life after his birth, but so much before that. It would have been devastating for me to have a closed adoption or to cut ties anywhere along that. And I'm just so grateful that even though it's been really hard for you emotionally, that you've been willing to just keep showing up in the relationship that you and I have together. And I'm just so grateful that Bradley gets to know you and love you and your strength. I think it was one of Jessica's aunts who said that Jessica brings warrior sons to this earth and she does like all four of her boys are really sweet special powerful spirits and they each have come here with a really specific mission Maddox Brixton Bradley and Damon and I just feel so honored that I get to have one of her sweet boys in my family and I kind of joke with people that like Out of all of Jessica's sons, I feel like I got the one that looks the most like her. And I can't look at Bradley without thinking about Jessica and feeling so much love and gratitude for her. So I don't know, I'm going on and on, but I love Jessica. I love you and appreciate you so much. And I'm so grateful for the sweet spirit that you fought for. Like, I'm so grateful that you fought for your life. And I'm so grateful that you fought for and protected his life because now all of us get to enjoy like the sweet spirit that he is. So I'm just so grateful to you for keeping him safe and sharing him with me and sharing him with our family. And I love you. That was beautiful. Thanks for sharing that, Jess. Well, I'm glad I could
0: mute myself over here because I am sniffling, like tears and snot.
1: Me too. I had down to my face. Totally <laughs> mute myself right there.
0: It was beautiful. Um. Okay, Jessica, is there anything else that you wanted to share or advice that you have uh, to others who are
3: trying to decide if they want to place a baby for adoption?
1: Yeah. Um I do. Um I think the advice that I want to give is you know what's right for you in your gut. You you'll get that feeling, what you need to do, whether it's keep your baby or place your baby, you will know in your gut what the right choice is. And what whatever choice you make is not the wrong choice. And whatever choice you make is totally great and that's totally okay. Um every single feeling you feel throughout your journey of adoption, whether you place or don't, your feelings are valid. Um yeah, it it open adoption can be a beautiful thing and I just be easy on yourself just don't, don't be hard on yourself. Just take a deep breath and go with the flow. It all, it all works out how it's supposed to, whatever you choose, it all works out how it's supposed to.
0: That's great advice. I also agree with that. It's not wrong or to want to keep, and it's not wrong to want to place and it's, you got to go with that gut feeling. So that's great advice. What do you hope for your relationship with Bradley in the future?
1: Yeah, this, this is a fun one. Actually. Um, I, for one, I think my main want for Bradley in the future is for, our, for all the boys to have a relationship and to be able to lean on each other and be there for each other and have a friendship and a relationship with each other. Um, I think that's the number one thing I can think of relationship wise. Um, I obviously would want to have a relationship with him and I want to get to know him and, you know, have, it is so hard to talk about Bradley for me. It is. I, I don't like talking about him personally is so hard for me. I don't know why I'm sorry. <laughs> um, I just hope he knows that we love him so much and that we will always be here for him no matter what and our, whatever he goes through, we'll be there for him and we'll be cheering him on no matter what he does. And yeah. Thank you. I just want to say that,
0: um, that it has been a true honor to be here to talk with both of you tonight, I can see and feel the love that you have for each other. It's, you know, you have a relationship that a lot of people don't fully understand, and it's beautiful and special. And I'm so happy that you have each other. So thank you for letting me be a part of this and for getting a front row seat to see this incredible relationship and I just am, I appreciate you, Jessica, being so real and honest because your story needs to be shared. So thank you. I, I know there's going to be a lot of girls who will be able to relate to your story. So thank you for being so open and honest with us.: Thank you.: If you are having thoughts of suicide, please dial 988 to reach the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline. You can also go to 988lifeline.org.